Just want to be up front. There are a few swear words in here. So if you got some kids listening, listener discretion is advised. Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Solar Shine and Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Antoine Automotive, The Vaughn Co., Sonora Rams Live, Hybrid Performance, Species Barbershop, and Higher Threads. across the field double b and corbin coming at you corbin how's it going tonight ah doing pretty good eight more jake diebler has got me eight wins away from being spot on with ohio state basketball not eight games left on the schedule so he's gonna have to work some magic but two out of three so far got the magic potion working yeah yeah so let's go back to let's let's just start right there let's start with the buckeyes i know that's what we're interested in talking about <laughs> so dropped one thursday night to minnesota at the barn and uh you know that one kind of shocked me these two road games you talk about minnesota and michigan state out of the two i didn't think that would be the one that ohio state would drop but uh so drop that one on thursday but then bounce back sunday you know coming up with a big win and like i mentioned to you off air here I didn't even watch on, on Thursday, and I'm sure you kept up with it. So go ahead and give me your thoughts there. Well, to be honest with you, I could make the argument that Ohio State played better against Minnesota than they did against Michigan State. Yeah. Um, you know, just if you take a look at the shooting stats, Ohio State shot 50% throughout the game against Minnesota. Um, both halves were above 50%. What they didn't do was play defense. You know, that's kind of been a running theme. Ohio State hasn't really – been able to put a game together. Even if you go back to that game, you know, early in the year against Alabama, you know, they essentially just outscored them. So Ohio State hasn't really been able to put together two good sides of basketball, you know, both offense and defense. Um, again, against Minnesota, defensively, they were terrible. Um, you know, it seems like every night uh, Ohio State is allowing a career best to somebody. You know, Minnesota has Elijah Hawkins go off for 24. Um Again, career best. So I could make the argument again, and I think Ohio State did play better against Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, as we move forward and take a look at the Michigan State game, Michigan State's not very good. You know, and I say that knowing damn well that Ohio State is also not very good. But if yeah. you compare the two teams, Brett, you know, obviously we think Ohio State's underachieving. But think about this. Michigan State, allegedly, this was supposed to be a top five team. You know, preseason, I think they were fourth or fifth, somewhere around there. You know, mm -hmm. they're 17 and 11. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, they were bad. As, as bad as we've seen Ohio State play. And again, I thought Ohio State played really lousy against Michigan State. They just happened to get lucky at the end. Um, Michigan State was not very good. No, and, you know, to that point, you look at their overall record. After that game, they were kind of talking about Michigan State's record. Their only overall record, only one game ahead of Ohio State. And I know we right. got off to that 12-3 start, but and we've been bad here late. But, you know, they're not the typical team that we've seen up in East Lansing. I guess the, the thing that really shocked me was 
you know, I thought that it, that win streak, that road or losing streak, sorry, that losing streak on the road in the Big Ten, I just thought had a better chance of happening Thursday than it did Sunday. Yeah, so two things. One, as much as I trash Michigan State, um, you know, I respect the hell out of Tom Izzo. And this is this has second weekend or Final Four Michigan State team wrote all over it. You know, because when the calendar turns to March, for whatever reason, and I mean, obviously Tom Izzo is, is the reason, Michigan State figures things out. And, you know, obviously they were thought highly of at the beginning of the year. I think that, you know, Izzo could get them going. I'm not at all going to be surprised if, you know, they end up making it at least to the second weekend, um, you know, maybe into the Elite Eight. But they were bad the other night. Um, and secondly, uh, you know, Ohio State shot just 25% in the first half. You know, it, yeah. it looked like it looked like typical Ohio State, you know. Defensively, we were okay. Maybe Michigan State was just bad, I guess, in the first half, you know. But defensively, I thought we were okay at times. But <laughs> when you shoot 25% and a half and you go one of 10 from three, I mean, <laughs> what are your odds? <laughs> what did we end up from three on Sunday, like three of 17? A solid three for 17. Yeah, and again, yeah. you know, people, people can make the argument that, Hey, they're winning games. You know, Diebler's got them going. And, I, you know, I did that in the opening there. But in reality, are we playing any better or are we just doing enough to win? Because, you know, to my point, I sent this out earlier in the week. You know, would it have been as big of a deal if we would have beat Minnesota at Minnesota um, as people are making it out to be that we beat Michigan State at Michigan State? Because everybody knows Michigan State's a tough place to win at. Winning on the road is difficult as it is. But if we would have beat Minnesota instead of Michigan State on the road, is the win that big of a deal? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I think the the biggest deal was just ending that losing streak. Yeah, and, you know, eventually it was going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I had I told a couple of buddies – I said, I, I just don't know how in a calendar year Ohio State hasn't gotten lucky once to win a yeah. road game. Because they've been in a lot of them. You know, they, they just, you know, they, for whatever reason, they, they couldn't win. Um, and it wasn't like Ohio State did anything spectacular. Dale Bonner threw up an absolute prayer, something that we're used to seeing other teams knock down, and went in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so – I, I don't. I don't think Ohio State's playing any better. You know, they they played really well against Purdue, Purdue especially defensively. I, again, I thought their their game plan was outstanding. You know, a lot of props to the coaching staff there. But outside of that, Minnesota, Michigan State, we've looked the exact same. Yeah, the only thing I'll mention about Michigan State, and I've I've seen them a couple times this year, uh, not full games, but I think where they lack is. They're, they're big guys. Like, they haven't panned out to what I think they were going to be or what a lot of people thought they were going to be. And I kind of heard that conversation on Sunday uh, as I'm watching the game. And I'll tell you what, like, that's where I'll give Jake Diebler a little bit of credit because there were times, I mean, we had a big lineup in because he knew um, maybe going with that bigger lineup was going to give him a little bit of uh, trouble. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, they're at, at one point they're you know mid second half. Akpara, um, Mahaffey, he, Thornton, and Gale. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of the lineup, but you know, yeah. the game that ever, you know that, that Royal ended up having was outstanding. Um, you know, anytime you know Devin Royal can come off the bench and, and get your 14 points, it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought he I thought he played big, but uh, you know, and I, I we talked about this, you know, just throughout the week. Jake Diebler's in a position where he can't fail. You know, right. he's got he's got a team that a lot of people thought would be um, able to compete. So it's not like the talent's not there. Now, he's, again, playing with house money, so he can make, you know, some decisions that maybe, you know, a guy that might be coaching for his job like Holtman was, you know, maybe he kind of shies away from because he doesn't know how to explain that. You know, one of those moves that I thought – ended up being huge was there was a point in the game uh, about the seven or eight minute mark in the second half where he has Mahaffey bring the basketball off the floor. And then you, you're getting Gale and Thornton coming off screens from the two bigs, you know, whoever it was at the time, either Royal or Akpara or Key um, or Mahaffey, you've got Gale and Thornton coming off of screens there. And now you're drawing switches and now you're getting matchups. And I, I mean, who does that? You know, I think that that was, yeah. a, that was a guy that, you know, hey, we don't have anything else to lose. Why not try it? And, you know, you talked about the big struggle for Michigan State. So, yeah, um, I, again, I'm not at all advocating for Jake Diebler to get the job. Uh, but but absolutely brilliant move by him and the coaching staff there. Um, you know, and I don't know if we'll ever see it again this year, but it worked there, and it was outstanding. It was a great move. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I mean, again, as we talked about, or, you know, over the weekend, you sent it out group text, and I know we were firing a little bit back and forth uh, yesterday even. Um, you know, kind of playing with house money here. So he's he, he could afford to take those those gambles because if they, they pay off for him, I mean, obviously that just works out better for him. Um, and if they don't, I mean – it's not like it's going to hurt him all that much because I think Ohio State's wanting to move on regardless. Right, yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, you already don't have the job, so worst-case scenario, you still don't have the job at the end of the year. You right. know, it's not going to change your life. You know, now, you know, you can tell, though, you know, when things do work out, you know, he, he I think he wants it. I think he wants it bad. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You know, and I obviously don't blame him. I'm not, I'm not at all judging him there. Um, so maybe there's some stress because he, he wants to do a good job um, and, and do well enough to earn it. But obviously, I think there's a lot of, of respect that he wants to do right by the players and continue sure. to you know put them in, in successful situations. And right now it's paying off. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you talk about th- this is about as carefree, I think, as a guy can coach. You've got a you know a power five program that's got enough talent. It's got enough size to compete. You know, you already knocked off. Purdue, you've got a team that knocked off, you know, Alabama earlier in the year, so they've shown it. It's about finding that consistency. Now you picked up a big win on the road. You've at least shown the guys, hey, you can actually win a game on the road. Um, you know, you get Nebraska at home, winnable ball game. Uh, I mean, there's a chance that if if they can get, you know, a couple of a couple of wins in the Big Ten tournament, if this team gets the 20 wins, 
Brett, I think that they make I think they make the, the big tournament. Do you think so? I think if they can get to twenty wins, I mean, so they so you're talking if they, they pick up a win against Nebraska, that gets them to seventeen and twelve. Um, you know, they're gonna most likely play um, you know, in the first round. So you're you're looking at three games. So if you're playing three games, um, one of those wins, if you do win, is gonna be against uh a uh, you know, top four team. So there's another, you know, big quad one win. Yeah, I think if they figure out a way to get to get to 20 wins, I don't think they have to win the Big Ten tournament. Well, I mean, well, and I know we well, talked about it last week. We thought the magic number was going to have to be 20. Well, think, I mean, think about it like this is, is, is Michigan State a team that, that is in the big dance right now? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, based on the the bracketology <laughs> stuff that I've looked at, they are, you know, and and I, I mean, if you if we can get to twenty wins, why why are we in and they're not? No, oh, I I don't disagree. Or, excuse me, why are why are they in and we're not? If we can get <laughs> yeah. to twenty wins. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I mean, maybe we're at twelve. Maybe we're that you know that that play in game, but you're still in. Yeah. No, I, I mean I'm with you. I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see what we could do if we get into the big dance. So, uh, you know, maybe a win or two in there. I'd be even a win in there. Just one would make me a little happy, depending on what kind of seed you get and where you go and who you got. Right. So. Yeah, I I agree. But you know what? It's just like you know playoff baseball or or any sort of playoffs. Once you're in, anything can happen. Right. Right. You know. So. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they have to win the Big Ten tournament anymore anymore to get in, but I think they have to get to twenty wins. Okay. Well, back in action, as you mentioned, Thursday night, home with Nebraska, six thirty, FS one. And then, you know, before we record again, uh Sunday, got team up north coming in. Uh, a little bit of revenge game there from earlier on. That'll be on four o'clock or on at four o'clock on CBS. So a couple big ones coming up. See if the Buckeyes yeah. can get her done. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking with the way that they play, you know, they're winning one of those last two again. So 17, you win three games, but if they win both those games, again, winnable games, right. You know, cause yep. Michigan's not very good. Um, you know, you take care of your business at home and now that gets you to 18 you, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I think there's a – it's it's like the old gambling adage. I think there's a backdoor cover possibility. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I, I was going to talk more on Jake Diebler and maybe get into this coaching search, but I think maybe we let this next week or so play out and just kind of see where we're at from there before we really get into all that. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we did, we did hear a little bit of, of talk about Dusty May. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to get away from that, I mean, to stay away from that for now, you know, there's a chance again, if Ohio state takes care of, of Nebraska and, and Michigan that Ohio state could, you know, avoid that first round of games. You know, there's three teams, Ohio state Rutgers, Indiana tied at six with six conference wins. Maryland's got seven. Um, so, I mean, if Ohio state can get to eight wins, there's a chance that they avoid that bottom four. 
Yeah. So. Boy, you got my hopes just right. <laughs> it's it's like that fandom circle, you know, where <laughs> where you're real excited and then you're let down and then something happens and you get real excited again and then you're let down and then something happens. I mean, it at no point in there is it ever a championship with Ohio State basketball. It's just a big circle of disappointment. So, yeah, that's about all I got there unless you got anything else said. I mean, going to be – Gonna be interesting moving forward here. I just hope, I hope we can get to twenty. I hope we can make a run here in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, yeah. We'll just continue to ride it one game at a time. Yeah. But uh, speaking of coaches, just yeah, you know, I thought Rick Pitino looked pretty sharp in that all white the day that they knocked off Creighton. Just gonna Boy. throw that out there. Boy, he did. He did look real sharp. Thank you. Be all right. Be all right uh, in Columbus. Yeah, I think he looks sharp wearing all scarlet. There you go. There you go. Yep, get him, get him an all scarlet outfit. <laughs> all right, Corbin, we'll talk about the Ohio State ladies here moving along. And, you know, they picked up a couple wins, knocked off Penn State on the road last Thursday, then knocked off Maryland on senior day, uh, Sunday afternoon at the shot, uh, 79-66. The press was pretty effective again in both those games, as we talked about last week. Uh, coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday evening, they will play host to the team up north. Uh, that is Ohio State's only conference loss, and with their win on Sunday, they secured at least a share of the Big Ten uh, regular season uh, championship, if you will. So, you know, making some moves here. I know they've got Michigan and Iowa left, and Iowa's got uh, a couple games left. I just looked a little bit ago who they have on Thursday. Let me take a look here. Oh, yeah. Iowa's got – Iowa's at Minnesota, then home with Ohio State, obviously. So, uh, even if the Hawkeyes went out, the Buckeyes will probably have that number one seed the way it looks like for the Big Ten tournament. So, Buckeye ladies just keep rolling. Got that win streak alive. Haven't lost in 2024. Yeah, you got to wonder if they're ever going to lose again. You know? Um, I think they sometimes will. When you're, <laughs> sometimes when you're hot, you're hot. You know? And, and take a look at the schedule, though. Um, kind of beneficial for them to get, you know, Iowa on the road because what it does is it, it does one of two things. One, it you lose – I mean, obviously, it's a possibility you lose. You kind of reset. You get ready for postseason play because, you know, if you do lose, it's not like you're losing to some scrub. You know, right. you're losing to a good ball club. Um, but if you win, I mean, think think about the momentum. You go in to Iowa City and you knock off arguably the third best team in, in women's basketball, you know, obviously behind Ohio State and South Carolina. And – Obviously, the best player in women's basketball. What about you know? Think about the momentum that that brings. You know, you, maybe you don't think you can be beat. You know, m- mindset wise, right? So, I mean, that, the the schedule can't can't set up any better for for the women down the stretch. No, I I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you're not going to lose focus by playing a you know a scrub conference team you know you get michigan you get it's a rivalry game so you know they'll stay focused there and and yeah i, I think that, that the last this this is a great setup for them um to, to go into postseason play 
I agree. That does it for the Buckeye talk. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll get into the high school slate. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard to buy for person in your life. Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook. Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. Spies' Barbershop offers top-notch haircuts and hot towel shaves. Owner Trevor Spies has created a perfect space for customers to kick back and enjoy a coffee before and after the highest quality haircut and shave. Located just off the square in downtown Paulding, Spies' Barbershop has now been serving Paulding and the surrounding area for over a year. Call Trevor today at 419-796-0100 to schedule an appointment. Spies' Barbershop, 208 North William Street in Paulding. Check out Spies' Barbershop on Facebook and Instagram or call 419-796-0100. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest-quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com. Or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Back here on Across the Field, that will be in Corbin. Corbin, let's get into the high school girls, and let's start with the Antwerp Lady Archers. As last Wednesday, they defeated Eden 50-46, to 46, and then Saturday took on the Montpelier Lady Locos and dropped that one 35-31. So the Archer season comes to an end in the sectional final. Don't know if you caught either one of these games, Corbin. I caught uh, the Eden game on the MySports and kept up with that pretty well, you know. Um, I thought Antwerp was solid offensively, and then, you know, Saturday I didn't get to watch, but seems like it just came up a little bit short and couldn't couldn't put the ball in the hole as much as they had liked, and that's about all I got there. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was able to rewatch uh, the the Eden game on the My Sports. Um, I mean, again, the story's always been all year. Caroline Roars and and Awen McMichael Roars had twenty one. McMichael had eighteen. Um, you know, good win. A little bit more competitive than I expected there with Eden, uh, but it was a good win for him. And then you turn around, you know, on Saturday and you get a Montpelier team that's pretty good, uh, seventeen and six now. And uh, just didn't have the offense, you know, that night. Roar still had 17, and McMichael obviously followed that up with 10. But, you know, that's 27 of the 31 Antwerp points. So mm-hmm. not uh, not going to be an easy task any night when, when you're getting, you know, 90% of your offensive contribution from two players. And that's not to, you know, put the others down, but that's kind of how it's been all year for Antwerp. 
you know, Caroline Roars and, and Awen McMichael were kind of the go-to scorers. And if they got contributions from others, uh, it was always a plus, but it wasn't always, you know, consistent enough for, for them to be as successful as what I'm sure they had hoped. Yeah, and I don't know if you caught Wednesday. Wednesday, they they had a lot more balance in their scoring, I felt like. Uh, I know Maddie Peters had had some buckets there, six or seven points, and some other girls got in on the action as I was watching that game on my sports, as I mentioned. But, um, yeah, when you get to Saturday, as you mentioned, and 31 points coming from two players, I mean, that's it's going to be tough to win that way. Yeah, and, you know, on Saturday, you know, they obviously played Montpelier tough, uh, but one stat that really stands out, Brett, they did not hit a single three-pointer in that game. Mm. That hurts in today's game. Yeah. So, uh, Archers finished 12-12 and on the season. Um, you know, Awen McMichael, really good player here in Northwest Ohio. She's going to graduate, move on, and, and, you know, I'm sure do great things. So, you know, big loss for the Archers uh, moving forward. But, uh, you know, that's – that's the unfortunate side of sports. Yep. It's a bad thing about this tournament. You got to say goodbye to your seniors. And so we wish her the best and believe uh, Emma Townley, a senior as well. So yep. she'll be missed. We'll stay right there in that, that defiance district just real quick. And Saturday night, I kind of kept up with this game, uh, Ayersville and Edgerton and the uh, top part of the lower section of the bracket there. Um, Edgerton actually had a lead at halftime over Ayersville before Ayersville came back to win. Finally started knocking some shots down. Um, Ayersville gets the win, 43-29. And then you go up top. Uh, Crestview taking care of business against North Central last Wednesday, uh, 80-12. to And then knocked off Fayette, 82-21 to win the sectional. They will play striker over at Defiance. These games will be on Thursday over at Defiance High School. So you're going to have Crestview Stryker in the early game, Ayersville, Montpelier, and the late game. And then the district final will be uh, Saturday at 6 o'clock. All right, so moving on to Division Three, Corbin, I want to talk about that Elida district in Division Three. Uh, we'll start with the Paulding Lady Panthers, you know. Good season for them last Thursday. Uh, knocked off Bluffton at the jungle by one, 50 to 49. I caught this game on my sports as well. Very entertaining game for the Pauling Panthers. They got down as much, I believe, 11, 12 points before they came back. It might have even been more than that, but got themselves down. They just clawed their way back through it. Uh, came out with a big win there with, with a one-point win, and then Went over to Jefferson Saturday evening, and Liv Lindemann and company just kind of took care of business. I'll be honest with you, Lauren French inside Corbin was a load for the Panthers. They couldn't really contain her. I know she had a big night. Not sure exactly how many she ended up with, but Jefferson knocks off Paulding 61-34 in that game. Corbin, your thoughts on either one of these games? Uh, well, first, the, that sectional semifinal you know, what a battle. Obviously, they had taken care of Bluffton um, earlier in the year. I think it was by double digits. Um, so, typically, the cap to Bluffton for, for coming back, having a good game plan. Um, was it the, the – is it Grandy? Is that how you say the girl's last name for Bluffton? She had 33 points. Yeah. 
33 points in that game. That's that's pretty impressive. And, you know, bigger bigger thing here, obviously, the, the team we follow more, you know, Paulding, that was their 10th win of the year, Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's extremely impressive. And obviously, we know how the story ends, um, you know, bowing out in their, in their sectional final game. But, uh, you know, getting to 10 wins after just, just winning two, they went 2-21 and 21 a season ago. You know, and they get to double-digit wins. You know, I don't care how you get there. Uh, that type of improvement, um, certainly something to, to admire from, from Coach Arlano's squad. Um, I mean, and, and certainly something that, that can't go unnoticed. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, this this the growth. And, I, you know, when they, they won on Wednesday or, excuse me, on Thursday night, I had uh, – I texted Alex Arlano – and I said, hey, man, that was, that was awesome to watch and the growth they've had. And I, I talked to Alex a little bit at that Wayne Trace uh, polling boys game a couple weeks ago, and he was real happy with the growth that they've had, you know, throughout the whole season and and from last season into this year. So, you know, I know they're they're excited of, of what's to come, and, you know, I think they should be excited. They're a, a yeah. young team that's just going to keep building. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, you know, obviously – We've talked a bit about Delphus Jefferson. We know they're a good team. Um, and you mentioned, you know, Lindemann and French obviously being really good. They're really experienced. You know, Paulding had a difficult time taking care of the basketball. Um, you know, we knew taking on Delphus Jefferson was going to be a tall task for him. But again, you know, I, I just can't say enough about the job that, that Matt Arlano and his staff did. Um, and that's a really young team. They're led by, you know, freshmen. Um, the, the Dunham girl, you know, had a really good season as a freshman um, and they're going to bring a lot back. And again, they're going to continue to get better. And, and, you know, with the way that the conference is shaping up, you know, obviously Ayersville is going to graduate some. Um, you know, Wayne Trace has that really good sophomore class. Antwerp's graduating a really good player. Um, you know, Tenora's got some some potential. But this this Paulding Panther team, Brett, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, making some noise, competing for a conference championship here, at least within the next couple of years. Agree 100% there. Bright future for the, the Paulding Lady Panthers, I think. So, uh, so as we mentioned, Jefferson obviously getting that win. They will play Allen East on Thursday night. They'll be the late game. Uh, let's talk about the early game and let's back up a little bit and talk about the Wayne Trace Lady Raiders. Corbin, I know you were on the call Thursday night against Fort Recovery as Wayne Trace hosted them and knocked them off 35 to 30 uh, before Wayne Trace got bounced Saturday night down at Rockford uh, Parkway, knocks them off 44 to 30. So let's talk about the Raiders a little bit. First of all, what'd you see Thursday night? Yeah, that, uh, that game with Fort Recovery, obviously they, you, Talked about them winning 35-30. Brett, it was, it was a very lethargic start, 13-11 uh, to 11 at halftime. Both teams had issues current, you know, taking care of the basketball. Ultimately, Wayne Trace was a little bit better at that aspect in the second half. Um, you know, Lexi Moore, another double-double. She ended up tying the uh, Lawrence Spies' record for most rebounds in a season um, in this one, and then she ended up breaking it there the following game against Parkway. So congratulations to her, Brett. She's just a sophomore, and I've talked about it on the broadcast a couple of times. Um, you know, that career rebounding record is well in sight for Lexi. 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, congratulations to Lexi. Um, that that's fantastic that you know she broke that season record. And as you mentioned, just a sophomore, so a couple more years to to add to those stats for sure. So wish her the best of luck. But yeah, then we'll get to Saturday where Parkway knocked them off. And I didn't go to this game. I listened to Kenny and Jason on nine nine seven, and and that's how I kept up to date with this one. But Corbin, you got any anything here that you want to mention? You know, I thought that they would maybe be able to keep it a little closer. Um, it was kind of unique. Uh, Fort Recovery actually beat Parkway earlier in the year. I think it was 38-30 or something like that. Um, you know, and after seeing the way that Fort Recovery played, um, you know, I, I thought that Wayne Trace, again, would, would be able to keep it a little bit closer. They they had some trouble scoring. Um, you know, in the, in the first quarter, they only scored the two points. Now, obviously, Parkway – only scored eight, um, but I mean, you, you, it's hard to have quarters. And, and Wayne Trace actually had a second, or uh, excuse me, a first quarter with two points and a fourth quarter with four points. And you know, you've you've watched enough of, of the Wayne Trace Raiders to know that you know scoring is kind of you know ebbs and flows. You know, there was not a lot of consistent scoring. It was hard to find girls that were able to score. Um, you know, Caroline Winans led the team with twelve, but you know, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Wayne Trace, the season comes to an end. Again, another huge step growth and development-wise. Uh, they're going to bring back um, four of their five starters. And I could say five out of five because Tiana Sin, you know, just being a junior, she started the first half of the year before Ava Zartman took over. Um, so Wayne Trace is going to bring back a lot of experience. They finished the season 14 and 10. Uh, you know, again, I think that eventually um, – you know, the, the league championship's going to run through Paulding County, you know, with, with both Paulding and Wayne Trace in the future. I agree with you there. So, again, talk about all the county teams bowing out in the sectional final. You know, obviously all of them had a, a good year in their own right. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, it's going to be exciting moving forward here. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, – the conference is, is going to get better. You know, obviously, again, Aresville is going to graduate some. Um, but, you know, as guy or as girls leave, I should say, you know, new girls are going to step up and take their place. And, and next year at this time, we'll be talking about, you know, another great class of, of kids finishing up their careers. And, you know, again, that's just the way the high school sports goes. Yep. That's about all I got in the girls' front, Corbin, unless you got anything else to add there. Nope. All right. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll get into the boys' slate. We'll kind of recap some games that happened last week and then uh, talk about some sectional games going on this week. We'll be right back. Time to put the winter clothes away and bring on all the spring and summer looks. We are bringing out all the best neutrals and, of course, as always, a pop of color for this spring and summer. The Vaughn & Co. offers a stunning collection for women, kids, and babies, and some men's items along with footwear and accessories. Stay ahead of the fashion game by subscribing to our mailing list and following us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vaughn & Co. to get all the exclusive news, deals, and discounts, and product launches. Be on the lookout for pop-up shops in Ohio this year. We can't wait to bring these pieces to you in person. For now, shop on our website at thevaughnandco.com before your favorite pieces sell out. 
Check out Tenora Rams Live. Live events, broadcast on YouTube, and post-game results, articles, schedules, and more can all be found on TenoraRams.com. Higher Threads is your one-stop shop for your custom screen printing and embroidery. While Higher Threads just opened recently, owner Sarah Higher has over 10 years of experience and loves making people happy. Get custom-made t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and much, much more. Visit their website at HigherThreads.com or check them out on Facebook. Higher Threads. Elevate your style. Are you looking for the best strength and conditioning training for your athlete? Or maybe you just want to tone your own body? If so, then it's time to get to Hybrid Performance. Located just outside of Paulding, owner Garrett Stoller will assemble the perfect plan for each individual to achieve their aspirations. Call Garrett at 419-770-1041 or search Hybrid Performance on Facebook for your assessment today. Hybrid Performance, bridging the gap between rehabilitation and strength and conditioning. Back here on Across the Field, Corbin, we're going to get into the high school boys slate, and we're just going to talk about uh, some of the tournament games coming up here. But I do want to talk to you about the weekend because I was over at Ottaville Friday night. Um, Ottaville knocked off Wayne Trace by a point. Just a, a gritty game. Paulden goes on the road, knocks off Bluffton, and then Antwerp finished their season up Thursday night, knocking off uh, Hilltop. So I guess on Friday, and it doesn't even have to be Wayne Trace nor Paulding. It could be anything. But was there a game that maybe caught you off guard a little bit, surprised you? Uh, I would say that out of the Wayne Trace game. Um, you know, I, I thought Wayne Trace was really starting to, to put things together. And obviously, you know, Ottoville's a good team. I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, but I thought that, that would be a game that, that they could kind of, you know, position themselves to – you know, carry some momentum into the into the tournament. Um, so that kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, especially after beating Paulding, um, you know, and taking care of Paulding and Paulding, you know, had knocked off Ottoville earlier in the year. I just again, I thought that that Wayne Trace would go in there, you know, I don't want to say it would be an easy win, but you know, comfortable, you know, six, eight. But, uh, you know, you talked about it in the last podcast. That's always a tough place to go in and, and win. And, you know, sometimes it's just a mentality thing. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a good game. I mean, Ottaville's skilled. I mean, they got some big guys. They they played really well on Friday night, and they deserved the win. And, you know, Wayne Trace made a couple of mistakes down the stretch. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, the thing you get out of that game, and we talked about it last week, and I know uh, Kenny – Talked to Keith Utendorf, um, out of those head coach Friday night after the game on the radio, and I, I caught that on the way home. And you know, he mentioned that he loves having that at the end of the year because both teams just really challenge each other, and it's a great game to get you ready for tournament. You know, we mentioned that last week as well, but you know, just to confirm all that, I mean, it's a really good game, and um, so yeah, I, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe. You know, Wayne Trace could come out with a win and keep momentum rolling here. But as you mentioned, you know, Ottaville's no slouch and took it right to him Friday night. Yeah, and you're closer to that rivalry in that game than I am. And, you know, maybe, again, it doesn't, doesn't surprise you as much. But, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, Wayne Trace had really kind of settled into themselves. Um, you know, but but they go and they, they drop two straight now. And, and now we know that they're going to get a, a – pretty hot block or excuse me, a pretty hot growth team. So, you know, they're going to have to, to, I guess, right the ship in a way because 
they get to play at home, and obviously we know the Palace is a tough place to play at. But uh, you know, Grove's another pretty good team coming in. Yep, a game that really kind of surprised me a little bit was, uh, you know, Paulding knocking off Bluffton, and we've talked about Paulding all year. You know, kind of up and down, and you know they've they've looked really good at times, and then they there's been times where they can't get out of their own way. Um, but you know, I tell you what, it, that's a tough place to go win. And they go in there and knock off the the Bluffton Pirates on the road uh, Friday night after they lost the tough one to Miller City the night before. So, you know, I kudos to the Pauling Panthers. I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but at the same time, it's like when they get to they when they when they play well. I mean, they could beat anybody on any given night. Yeah, they're they're certainly a talented group, and they and they get after it. But it's, again, it's just finding that consistency that uh, you know Paulding's problem is, and and you know we know now that that they also picked up a win tonight, knocking off Delta, so they'll move on to get Evergreen. Um, you know, Evergreen's a good squad. They come from a tough league, but uh, again, I think Paulding's got enough talent to to keep keep that game close. And if you're close down the stretch, then obviously you give yourself a chance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into the tournament schedule this week, Corbin, and let's just start. We'll kind of go in order this week. So the Division Three games were this evening um, on Tuesday night, the sectional final game. So we've got some winners that we, we know of. And so let's start in that Napoleon district, which is the Northwest 2, if you're looking at it, Division Three. Um. Let's start with the Pauling Panthers, who are the seventh seed. They went up to Delta this evening and knocked off that those Panthers, the Green Panthers, um, forty to thirty. So Pauling getting a big one there. They will play Evergreen coming up on Friday night. Corbin, what do you think about this matchup? Well, I think it's interesting. Evergreen, uh, you know, obviously they're having a good year. Um, I believe I read somewhere that that their head coach is calling it quits. Um, at the end of the season, yeah. I think uh, I heard so that. obviously, they'll they'll be obviously motivated, um, and you know we talked about it. You know, Paulding's a ch- uh, team that could certainly they have the talent and they can shoot the basketball well enough to to be a spoiler. You know, not just for Evergreen but for that entire district. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I'd have to do a little bit more digging to see um, how the matchup is. But you know, I, I think Paulding's got enough talent at least. Yeah. Uh, also looking in there, uh, another game that went on tonight, the Fairview Apaches lost to Otsego in overtime, 60-53. to 53. So Otsego will move on to play Archbold, who's the two seed. Uh, so Fairview, kind of a an okay season for them. You know, they were up and down a little bit as well, had some big wins. And, you know, I thought maybe tonight was a game they could get, and ultimately Otsego gets the win there. So... Um, any thoughts there? Go ahead and you can fire away. I mean, <laughs> not, not, not really. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's a good run for Otsego, but I think they get bounced by Archibald. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Archibald, the two seed. <laughs> uh, Tenora lost tonight to Eastwood, uh, 45-33. So Eastwood will now play Liberty Center, who knocked off Swanton 44-32. to in the top part of that bracket, then all the way at the top, Emmanuel Christian, the number one seed, uh, will f- play Ottawa Hills, who knocked off 
Hicksville tonight, 62-43. to 43. So Ottawa Hills will have their work cut out for them as they take on Emmanuel Christian. But another good good district, and there will be some good sectional final games, you know, come Friday evening. Yeah, I think that Liberty Center-Eastwood game um, could be interesting. Again, I think Eastwood's another team. Uh, you know, obviously we've become a bit more familiar with that school with, with what we were able to do baseball-wise and then being in our district. Um, but I, I think that that's a game where I think Eastwood could, could keep it close and, and maybe knock them off. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. And then, then the Lima district, which would be Northwest 3, if you're looking at it on a computer or your phone. Uh, Van Buren knocked off Elmwood tonight, 58-54. to 54. Uh, They will get the privilege to play Ottawa Glandorf, who's the number one seed. And then Carey loses to Liberty Benton at home. Liberty Benton, 59-37. to 37. So the Eagles will move on there, and they will play the four seed Coldwater at Coldwater Friday night in the top part of that bracket. Uh, Corbin, you got any thoughts here with these games? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think OG's one of the best teams in the state, regardless of division. Uh, I think yeah. they've shown that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not ready to crown them district champs, but I mean, I, I think that they're the ones that come out of this district. Now, you know, how the rest of it shakes out, I don't know. Um, you know, they've won, you know, what is it, like 18 straight sectional championships. I don't think that's going to stop here. No, I don't see, I don't see that coming to an end this year. So I think that'll keep moving on there. Uh, the lower part of that bracket, um, Allen East knocked off Riverdale, 62-49. So they will go to Spencerville Friday night, who's the two seed. And then we just saw Grove knock off Bluffton for the second time this year, uh, 70-59. to So Grove will head to Wayne Trace Friday night. Corbin, you'll be on the call for that one. Uh, have you done any of your homework yet? Probably didn't do a whole lot till figured out who won this game here but well i got 50 percent of it done i'm, I'm okay. pretty well I'm, I'm pretty well uh ahead of the game when it comes to knowing about wayne trace yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah i you know i i know a little bit about uh both both bluffton and grove obviously i was waiting to see how this one shaked out uh before we reach out and get the information um but you and i you know we watched a little bit of this grove and bluffton game um Man, I, I think that, that Columbus Grove matches up with Wayne Trace well enough that, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Columbus Grove was able to sneak into the Palace and sneak out with a victory. Ooh, putting the Raiders on upset alert a little bit, huh? Well, I, I would put them on upset alert uh, because they've dropped two straight games. You know, obviously those games were on the road. And, you know, maybe I'm putting a little bit more stock into the Ottoville loss than – what most people are. And again, you know, you guys are more familiar with that rivalry than I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that they, uh, you know, you're still in a situation where you're still trying to find that, that complimentary um, player to, to Kyle. And, you know, we think that Tanner can be it and Tanner's shown the ability to be it, um, you know, but what happens, you know, in, in tournament basketball is a whole different story, you know, and, yeah. and, Again, we know that Tanner's capable, and, and I think Tanner knows it. I mean, we, we've seen him play play hard. Um, you know, it's just a matter of him being able to, to trust himself. And, you know, when the, when the lights come on and, you know, for whatever reason, you know, even sectional matchups, it, 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 I guess it's a little bit more, you know, unnerving. 
Um, so yeah, you know, I hope that, that, you know, Tanner trusts himself and, and can do what he does because, you know, we've talked about it a lot and, you know, I've talked about it on, on the broadcast. Um, he's a really good basketball player. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, for the, for the Raiders to make a run, they're going to have to have these other guys step up and obviously play a huge role. And that's not, that's not forcing shots and that's not doing things that are out of character for you, but you know, to, to be successful, some guys are just going to have to make some timely plays and throw in some timely baskets, you know, and, and ultimately get it done on the defensive end, help rebound, all that stuff, do all the, the fine detail things. And, you know, one thing I think that we need to get used to at tournament time, we see it throughout the course of the year, but especially in tournament time, these games are going to get physical. And so to me, it's the teams that can kind of shoulder that load and be prepared for that you know, and, and could take that physicality a little bit and, and, you know, ultimately propel them to, you know, winning those games and moving on in the tournament. I agree. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all I got in division three, division four, all the sexual semis will go down tomorrow evening, the way it looks. So just some teams we want to look at. I mean, you got Corey Rawson um, playing host to Lincoln view, in that Elida district, you've got Miller City playing host to Kaleida, and then Continental travels to the Ray, take on the Crestview Knights. I just stepped on a squeaker toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jefferson will travel to Lipsick, and then Fort Jennings will travel to Parkway. Um, awaiting all of them, you've got St. John's, the one seed. They'll play the winner of Corey Ross and Lincoln View. Pandora, Gilboa, the two seed, will play the winner of Lipsick and Jefferson. And then Fort Jennings Parkway will play the three seed, Ottaville Big Green, as we mentioned, kind of rolling right now. So looking at this district, Corbin, you know, the, the sectional semis will start tomorrow night. Um, and then the finals will be on Friday. So big games here. Uh, I don't expect any big upsets. I would say, you know, St. John's probably advances to the district. And then I think you got a good shot with Miller City or Crestview there. That'll be a good game. Um, Pandora, I think, won't have an issue. And then I think Ottaville will probably take care of business as well. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to the, you know, potential for a Miller City Delta St. John's matchup. Um, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from it, but I, I believe the niece kid um, from Miller City is out for the year with a, with a knee injury. Mm -hmm. So that – you know, takes a little bit away from Miller City. Man, I, I think they're a really good team. You know, losing him hurts. Um, you know, and I think if he's healthy, I take Miller City over Crestview. Sure. Uh, you know, in that sectional final. Without him, I'm not as certain. You know, I think the size will be of significance. But, uh, you know, we know Crestview will be well coached. He'll be ready to go. Um, you know, ultimately, I don't know who pulls that out. I think it's a really – Deep district, though, a couple of, of league champions. Um, you know, I think that Delta St. John's is the cream of the crop, and I say that largely because uh, I've picked against them multiple times and they've proven me wrong. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got there. Let's move on to that uh, Defiance district. And we'll just highlight the bottom part of that bracket again as, as the tournament moves on here next week. We can talk about some more games but just trying to get through 
most of our area teams here tonight. So Antwerp, the two seed, they got the bye. They will play the winner uh, tomorrow night of Ayersville and Holgate. That game is at Ayersville. Uh, Edgerton will play host to North Central. And then Hilltop will travel to Maumee Valley Country Day. Um, I would expect a Maumee Valley Country Day and probably Edgerton matchup, maybe North Central. And then I would say I would love to see that Antwerp-Airsville rematch from a few weeks ago and Airsville playing them tough there in the sectional final. You know, that'd be that'd be a great one on Friday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right along with you. Um, you know, I think it's uh, Edgerton and Maumee Valley Country Day. Uh, man, I, I think that Antwerp is uh, the second best team in this district. Um, so obviously I, I'd love to see the, the rematch with them in Ayersville, but I would take Antwerp again. Um, I mean, anytime, you know, you've got Brewer on your squad, I think your favorite at least, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and PH has got some injuries, but, but I, you know, I don't think they have any trouble. I got them, you know, over Pettisville and then you know, obviously Toledo Christian and, and say at Toledo Christian in that one, uh, sectional final. I'd agree. All right, that's about all I got. You got anything else to add on the high school boys? No, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how things develop. Um, you know, sticking with that Antwerp district, though, uh, that that Maumee Valley Country Day squad is is really good. I would love to see an Antwerp and Maumee Valley district final. You know, I, I think that you know that would that would really give. You know, Landon, an opportunity to showcase his ability on a big stage against, you know, a really good team. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not willing to pick a, a winner there, but, uh, you know, I think it would just be a, a, a neat matchup to see. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's about all I got. We'll recap it next week, doing one episode this week. I don't know if I mentioned that from the top. I think we just kind of jumped into the, the Buckeyes winning and getting kind of excited there again. So. Corbin, that's about all I got for this evening. You got anything else, Ed? Uh, not anything that we've talked about, but I do want to, uh, you know, send my condolences out. Um, you know, Coach Steve Clark passed away um, last week. Uh, I'm not sure if you're real familiar with him, but uh, obviously a legend, uh, Paulding football. Um, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, had a couple of conference champions, a couple of undefeated teams. He ended up coming back then. Um, in the late 90s and, and coaching um, a couple of years there uh, was very significant to the community and to the school. Um, when my class was coming through, uh, he came back um, and got back into coaching, and he was a, a, a coach for us as eighth graders, and then he followed us. And obviously um, when we became freshmen, he was our freshman coach um, and then just was always around uh, the football program and, and a huge inspiration, not just to me, but to a lot of my classmates and a lot of young men um, that came through the high school, um, served as the athletic director for, for a while. Uh, so, so I want to you know, send my condolences out to, to Coach's family, um, you know, and, and I just want you know, to tell them thanks for having such an impact, not just on my life, but, but to, to my friends um, and, you know, just to, to everybody that he was around. He was a, he was a good guy. He was a great guy. Um, you know, and it was, it was sad to, to hear about his passing. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot to add there. Cause I, I don't know him or didn't know him personally. And, um, you know, but I had heard all the, the good things that, 
the polling faithful have to say about him and, and even, you know, some of the Wayne Trace faithful people talking about him and heard some stories over the past few days or so. And I think that's really cool. So I can't, can't really add much to that, but, but that's what I have to say. That's, um, again, thoughts and prayers to the, to the family and the community for sure. Uh, one thing I did want to mention Corbin, and maybe you could break it down real quick. I know, I put a post out on Sunday about this fantasy baseball league that you and I had kind of talked about starting and it filled up rather quick. You want to go ahead and give a little bit of the rundown real quick? Uh, well, I mean, it was kind of one of those things where I, I reached out to you and said, hey, you know anybody that's got a fantasy baseball opening? And uh, you said no. And I said, well, you want to start one? And, you know, we sure. obviously didn't know how many how many people would be interested. But uh, – yeah, you know, and, I, and you know, in that that summer downtime, it, it'll kind of give us an opportunity to, you know, give us something else to talk about, and you know, we got a lot of hits right away, and you know, that'll that'll allow you to to maybe bring some people on and talk a little bit of baseball. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I mean, you know, just going over the details, and I suggest anybody that that joined the league, and I'm talking, you know, to all of our listeners, including Jason Miller. Um, you know, <laughs> check out the, check out the, the settings. You know, I, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, blindside anybody, but you know, I've got it set up. And the biggest thing that I've got set up is, is not allowing guys to stream pitchers. You know, that is, that is by far my biggest gripe when it comes to fantasy baseball is guys are constantly adding and dropping pitchers to accumulate pitching stats. Um, you know, at, that's just not how it, that's just not how it goes. Um, I mean, I guess it is in the fantasy world, uh, but you know, being able to be the commissioner and kind of setting the maximums on things, um, you know, we've, we've kind of got it set up so we can avoid that. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's pretty standard league, you know, your, your standard, uh, rotisserie league, meaning, um, you know, you're going to accumulate stats throughout the year. There's no weekly matchups. You're competing throughout the year against everybody else. So, you know, you get uh, points based on how you rank in each of the, the scoring categories. Um, so, you know, like if, if you ranked first in home runs and last in RBIs, you'd combine to get 13 points there. While if I ranked, you know, last in home runs and first in RBIs, you know, the, the opposite, um, we'd still be even. So it's, again, it's all based on how you rank in the categories um, so you're obviously trying to be the best in, in every category, but you know that that's not going to be possible. So you just try to score well in, in each category and, and hope for the best. And, you know, again, that's a year, you know, scoring goes throughout the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be fun. Um, and again, if anything, it'll allow for some more banter back and forth um, for us throughout the, the summer. I'm here for it, and that's basically the Wayne Trace baseball coaching staff and then about five other people added in, the way it sounds. Yeah, I mean, and, and <laughs> it was it was kind of cool because you were, you were sending me messages about, hey, so-and-so's in, so-and-so's in, and then I get on the post, and, you know, you see people comment and said they're in, and, you know, a couple of people have, made, you know, made mention on the, on the Twitter or X or whatever it is now. So, yeah, so we'll see how it goes, and, you know, Brett, if, I, if if this is something that works out, maybe we, uh, you know, maybe we've got a fantasy football across the field league, you know, in the future. Well, I think we could do that, and I think, you know, what do we got now? Twelve people in this league. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I will 
I mean, when are, how soon are we going to draft? Well, when, as soon as everybody gets in, as soon as everybody gets in, I think I'll just do like a, an auto draft. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of schedules to be made, especially with the baseball coaches to try to fit everybody in. So, you know, maybe once everybody's accepted the invite, we'll give them a two week heads up about, hey, you better set your pre draft, um, you know, rankings and then you will, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Okay. All right. I mean, this is not, just as we talked about it, this is kind of a, you know, we didn't have an idea. And then, you know, three days later, we've got 12 spots full. So we're kind of, you know, going on the fly right now. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I, I guess maybe the point I was getting at, if we could find more people, then maybe we could start a second one. But I don't know if we want to bite off that much. Uh, maybe, maybe football. Maybe football where it's a little, <laughs> a little less time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it there. So you got any shout outs tonight? I do. I do just want to, you know, recognize again, Lexi Moore and, and the record that she was able to break as a sophomore, again, setting the Wayne Trace girls basketball record for, for rebounds in a season. Um, I think it's 288. If I remember reading that right, 280 something. Um, so, you know, shout out to her and congratulations. Um, you know, obviously a bright future there basketball wise. Yeah. Yeah, shout out Lexi. I really don't have any other shout outs I can think of off the top of my head. I do want to shout out Coach Jerome. Got a big birthday coming up on Saturday. I think he's gonna yeah. be, I think he's gonna be twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of the youngest guys, uh varsity baseball coaches around or varsity coaches in general, I think. Yep. And uh speaking of that, uh being a younger guy, he's Closing in on win number 100 as well. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Amazing eight. Uh, off the top of my head, I think five. Okay. I think five. Might All be right. might be four, might be six, but it's somewhere around there. Speaking of coaching milestones, I did see Kevin Sensible be coaching in his 500th game on Friday night in their tournament game. Really? That's the final game, yeah. That's pretty impressive. You know uh, – you know, speaking of longevity, you know, Jim Wharton down at Crestview, head baseball coach, won a 600th game last year. Fred, I, I can't imagine, you know, not only coaching 600 games, but 600 wins. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's always, you know, cool to see. And, and you know, when, when guys get, you know, firm establishment of their program and their school and, you know, they stick around and they're not jumping from school to school, um, you know, that's just, that's just something that – it you really respect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the time that it takes that these, these coaches and Corbin yourself, and, you know, I've done it myself, but um, the, the time it takes for these coaches that they put in, you know, I can't, like you said, I can't imagine coaching 600 games, let alone winning 600. And, you know, so guys like that, I, I truly have a huge respect for, obviously. So that's amazing. It's awesome. But that's all I got for tonight, man. It was good catching up, and hopefully we'll catch up over the weekend and we can hammer out maybe an episode or two next week and keep up with all this high school basketball action. Yeah, I'll keep firing off episodes as long as the Buckeyes keep winning basketball games. <laughs> all right. All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out, players. <laughs> <laughs>